Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Backpack Broadcasting continues to bring you the best original sports content, but now you can get more of the content you love. For as little as $3 a month, you can get access to bonus content, including behind-the-scenes footage and interviews from the Sports Walk, Sideline Stories, or the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. All this exclusive content comes via Patreon. There are tiered levels of patronage, and each Backpack Broadcasting patron receives exclusive perks. Your support helps Backpack Broadcasting create more of the original content that you love. Visit Backpack Broadcasting's Patreon page and become patron today Thanksgiving time, Thanksgiving weekend, a lot to be thankful for, happy to be here, and a happy lot, a to lot have another podcast. A lot not to be thankful for also. What, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, first of all, I'm going to tell you right now, you are not going to kill the Thanksgiving energy. I love some Thanksgiving, so I don't hear anything about not to be thankful for. You know what I'm thankful for? What are you thankful for? Our new soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> you see <laughs> You see that laugh, people? There's going to be sounds and drops coming in now, and Brian is going to have too much fun with this. You know what? So I'm going to take back what I said. There are things to not be thankful for, and I'm not thankful for the fact that you have now discovered this. So are you reacting like... God, that scares me. (laughs) Yeah, that scares me. That definitely scares me. This this whole thing. I'm not gonna overproduce like the Michael K show. It's okay. Yeah. I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, I, I'm not, see, I don't see listeners, I don't trust this with I don't trust this with Brian. Brian could have the tendency to overproduce and do it. He's too excited. If you're watching the video, you should see his face. He's way too excited about this. Yeah. You're just too excited about I'm, it. I'm, I'm pretty. You excited. are thankful for the soundboard. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, because my, my my focus might not be fully focused today. That was a deep line in itself. Right. Yeah. That's pretty yeah, deep. It's pretty profound. It is. It's pretty damn profound. We I feel put, like that clip's that's, that's gonna be clip for a soundboard. <laughs> we should put that on a t shirt. Yo, we got we gotta we gotta I have some merch ideas that we gotta talk about off there. Okay. Hey, yeah. but if you if you're listening to this now, you should also be checking out the Black Friday sale on T Public. They'll have mm. a lot of backpack broadcasting gear Plug um that. that you can get. Um so we're thankful for your support in that. Um but yeah, <clears throat> Thanksgiving weekend, a lot of food. 
Love Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays. How long do you keep uh, the turkey uh, as far as like leftovers go? Tell how me. long? How long do you make it last? How long do I make it last? Yeah. Um. Because my dad will make it last, like turkey sandwiches, the next week. I'm. Pro- I, I feel like the Thanksgiving food is always going through probably like the Monday or Tuesday after Thanksgiving, depending on how much is cooked. A lot of the stuff that I love, at least you know when I was like at home and stuff, my, my parents now give me, our families give us to take back home. Yeah. Um. We'll probably get. We'll probably get through it to maybe the Monday. It doesn't last to the Tuesday, but still have some turkey. Um. For me, the um. Anything like traditional caribbean food that's gone so we need a curry goat the curry chicken um that's gone pretty quickly i'm lucky if that even makes it to saturday okay um that's Fair just because because i'm around i'm not gonna let that make it to saturday. <laughs> but the turkey it's probably going to you know to do monday um or so so hmm. yeah i try to i try to i try to make it last but I, I love the food i love the family being together i love the trying to reflect on the things you're thankful for so i love all that some family we don't got to get into that, though. You should be thankful for your family, but I will co-sign you. I am. This. I'm not saying that you're not. Some thankful. of them. I'm just saying, I'm, yeah. I'm not saying you have to be thankful for all your family. There's some family members you'd be like, mm, better off they weren't around. And I understand that. A lot of them you don't really know. You know what I mean? I mean, that could be your fault. Or not. <laughs> or not. It could be a mutual thing. I, tr- <laughs> trust me, I understand. I get it. Yeah, Trust I'm. Me, I get yeah, it. we're 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 on the same page with that. Some well, other some other people aren't necessarily, but it's okay. No, because they just like to generalize things. But overall, I loved I love Thanksgiving. Yeah, like like I'm the, ty- the like I'm the type of person when I see on Instagram or I see on Twitter and somebody posts hashtag family first, and I'm like, eh, sometimes. Well, I mean, <laughs> I put my family first. Well, no, not, yeah, yeah. But, we, we're gonna do hashtag family second. I mean, nobody's trying to hear that. Depends on the day. You you is different. You have a daughter. You have you know basically a wife. You know what I mean? No, like, I mean, it's a little different. I still, I mean, you still gonna put your mom and dad up there? No, uh, what do you mean? Wait, what? They're gonna be part of the first. Oh yeah, 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 of course. You, what, I know what you're trying to say. Unless it's be more clear about it, is <laughs> the non extended family is not necessarily or the extended family, excuse me, is not necessarily first. I mean, you know, once you get past the brother, the mother, and the father, there are some cousins and uncles and aunts who I like very much. But outside of that, you're not going. Yeah, I get you can't go hard for everybody in your family. Everybody's not at the same level. I don't even know everybody in my family. I understand that. <laughs> you it, know which is I my mean? point. That's why you can't go hard for everybody. Like, Every, everybody does not fall into that family first umbrella. That's yeah, no, it's true. I, and we talked about this before in the podcast. Everyone has friends that they're closer to than their actual family who they consider family. Who oh yeah, feel like immediate family. Oh yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? Like that—that's a normal thing. So there are people that you're close, closer to on that level. It doesn't matter if you don't have the same last name. I think that's what it is with people. Yeah, fam- same fam- last name, same blood, and all that stuff. Fam- and I'm like, sometimes that's overrated. Sometimes let's keep it. Some, no, nah, sometimes it's not true, and I definitely, definitely can understand that. D- d- no, no doubt about that. So, um, but those people, you can also be thankful for. So there's, there's nothing wrong with that. One of the things that, you know what bothers me about Thanksgiving right now? Hmm. And it's bothered me for like quite a couple of years now, but I'm starting to see it more and more and more creep up. This can be interesting. There, there was a time, and this is going to make me sound a little bit older, but for, you know, so you guys who don't know. Well, when you start off with there was a time. Yeah, that's that's like the old, that's like the old person <laughs> stuff to say. There was a time. Back in my, that's another equivalent to back, back in my day. Back in my day. Yeah. We did this. I don't, I don't want to be that person. But when I was growing up, I remember you did not see a commercial 
for Christmas. Anything Christmas oh, related. Oh, yeah. Until Thanksgiving morning. Yeah. Like, you didn't see it till th- I remember getting up. I used to get up, watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Yep. And, you know, you start to see the Hess Truck commercials. Hess Trucks were, that was. I, I wanted toys. one when I was little, and I actually finally got one when I was, like, seven or so. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted one because he was, uh, I was a Jet fan, and, you know. Yeah. That all kind of Now that green and white, well, that's all another story. Yeah, we ain't got to talk about that. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I'll get something with the Jets later in this podcast. I will get to the Jets later in this podcast because <laughs> I got some stuff for the Jets. I got some stuff to say. I haven't talked too much football this NFL season, but I do have some stuff to say about the okay. Jets. Okay. Anyway. I'll be looking forward to that. Um, so, yeah, my point was you didn't see these commercials till Thanksgiving Day. And I think there was something that was like, hey, we're going to allow you to enjoy Thanksgiving let that happen, and then we go into this Christmas stuff. Now, with everything being so commercialized, uh-huh. and the way you see black, you sometimes see stuff for Black Friday sales in October. Halloween hasn't even hit, and y'all talking Bruh, about Black Friday sales. This reminds me of when I was a student, and you would start to see back-to-school commercials in July. It used to piss me off so <laughs> much. It used to piss me off to, so, to no end, because I used to hate school at a certain point. And I didn't want to go back. And you're telling me on July 30th, like, oh, back to school sales starting, you know, August 1st. And it's like, bro, I have a whole month and change before I got to go back. I'm like, yo, but we got a whole month to sell y'all on these sales. Yeah, this is when, this is, see, part of, part of growing up is learning that everything is a business. At that point, you don't really know. Then as you get older, you understand. That's, you see, and, and that point's fine that everything's a business. But when did we get to the point that we were like, yo, we're going to push this out more? And, and, and it feels like that's what is always being done is we're just pushing it, pushing it more. Sometimes I'll say, I saw a, all right, so you know, one of the commercials you always see around Christmas, and I'm not to promote this company, but Lexus, right, <laughs> who does these commercials with the December to Remember, and which I think is kind of stupid that they always put a bow on the car. When I was young, I'd be like, oh, that's cool, man. I hope somebody gives me a car and they put a bow on it, whatever. But I'm always like. <laughs> you wanted one of those? <laughs> yeah, I wanted, I wanted a Lex, right? But like, right. And then I thought about it, and I was like. But what if you got that for somebody or somebody got that for you in Christmas morning or whatever, you happen to look out your window and you just see the car with the bow. Then it's not really a surprise because always in the commercial, hmm. it's the person blindfolding the person to bring them outside. And look, I guess they just did it when they just woke up. It's like, hey, honey, you're not going to brush your teeth. You're not going to wash your face. I'm just going to take you outside. Yeah. And you're going to see this car. Yeah. Eh, the bow thing's a little, it's kind of whack to me now. I'm like, nah, man. It, you don't need to put a bow in the car. If you give me a Lex, I'm probably going to be happy with that. You don't need to put the bow in. The bow's not going to make it any better. Anyway. It looks good on TV, though. It does. <laughs> and it had me as a kid. Anyway, I saw a commercial for that like a week and a half ago. Hmm. Yeah. It was really? Like, how you doing? You're talking about December to remember? Yeah. In November? Yeah. Really? A week and a half ago. Yeah. It was, it was more about for the holidays, you can get... Oh, so but this is how they did it. They, yeah. they did a kind of flip to it. They were talking about, so they had the whole December to remember, and they were like, make your January's memorable. Oh, I thought you make were going to say, make your December great no, again. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, that made me never want to get Alexis. Um, they were like, make your January's memorable. Make your springtime memorable. And so they were showing this family, Damn. and in January, you see the family, they're having a little snowball fight. Yeah. And, you know, so, and then you can see the Alexis with the bow still on it in the background. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Then you had in the springtime, they were taking the kids to play baseball or something. And then in the summer, they were doing something else. So basically, you're saying is like, get this, have this holiday thing now, and you can do this. And I'm like, yo, we're not even at Thanksgiving yet. Yeah. And you're, like, it, it, we're not even there. It impedes you from enjoying the holiday. 
Yes. That's what it is because you're it, you're always, and this is basically how we are as a society now. You're always looking towards the next thing. You're always looking forward to what's next. So it's like right after Thanksgiving is Christmas, and then right after Christmas we got to get these Easter sales off, and then right after Easter is something else. Like that's really how it is. It's just sale, 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 sale. But sale. it's so to me, it's so messed up and kind of ironic in a way around Thanksgiving, where you're supposed to have this holiday where you're supposed to try to be thankful for the things you have, but it's like, yo, yeah. let's look ahead and see how much you could spend the stuff you have to get more stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, and it's a real holiday. It's not like, you know, pres- <coughs> uh, not President's Day. Um, What's the Columbus Day? You know what I mean? Where uh, nothing's really on sale and people are already like, that's probably not going to be a holiday in 15 years. But- I mean, I wish it wasn't a holiday in 15 days. Like that, <laughs> I, I, it shouldn't have been a holiday anyway, but that's a whole other story. Yeah. So. Actually, um, what's her name? Ocasio-Cortez, she, uh, her first name is Alexandria, excuse me, uh, she actually pointed out, why is Columbus Day a holiday and Election Day not? And I was like, ooh. Yo, speaking, speaking. By the way, white people are scared of her. Well. <laughs> no offense, Matt. <laughs> well, I but think. Well, the Republicans, I should the Republicans, say, the Republicans are scared she, of her. And she's been getting, she's been getting a lot of heat um, just in the recent, since Election Day. Yeah. Since you bring that up, yeah. that came up as a conversation before recently with somebody. Why election day is not a holiday? That's a whole other thing we get into, and I think we should have another podcast devoted to and why it's so hard with her as a guest. That would be great <laughs> to get people to actually vote. And the fact that we still have this thing where it's like, oh, we're going to open up the polls early. It should just be a day off for everybody. It should. <clears throat> Excuse me. Where you have the time to just go and vote, you shouldn't have to be like, I need to work this around my. My work day and yeah. like worrying about picking up yeah, my like kids my, and getting to the poll. Exactly. It's it's stupid and the form of I I did some coverage on election day. I was out in Harrisburg for AccuWeather doing that and it made me think about just the whole system of voting, how archaic it is. It's so archaic. Like how have we not figured out how we could vote online yet? Like you can have two steps. Yo! Joe Rogan said the same thing. Well, didn't, even hear him say, didn't even hear him say this is just me. Yeah. I've talked about this with other people in the last couple well, weeks. Well, he said, well, he said, I'm curious to know what you think about this. He said something along the lines of, how are we not voting from our phones now? Yeah. Which could be a little more dangerous, but I think that we're. How? We should, we is it more dangerous than any shopping you do online? No. I guess not. But, I mean, I think, I think. I think the pushback to that was just sort of, you know, who exactly will be allowed to vote. And I'm like, people who are registered already? You could still have a registration process. It would be a lot. You could then still have a two-step authentication factor process like we have for many other things. SB Nation does that. A lot of websites do that. You can have, so you'd have to log in via your social security or whatever. And then you'd have to answer probably a series of questions based on your history of where you live. There's tons of stuff I've done that have been very secure. Some stuff for governmental things. That's true. Like, yeah. it's ridiculous. Like, you can pay your taxes online or on your phone. That's true. But you can't vote. You could like, pay You could pay bills online, uh, deposit checks online. And the only reason I even said taxes is because that's something related to the government, and they have a very uh, strict authentication process to do so. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we, if you can do that, you can vote. Banks are online now. Think about it. You don't really have to ever go to a bank anymore mm-hmm. for, for most of the things that you had to go to a bank to before. Like, yeah. you get a check... You don't have to walk to the bank to go deposit it. You can do it right from your phone. I know because I do this all the time. Yeah, you know going, what I'm saying? I, I hate it going to the bank anyway. Yeah. And you know where else I hate to go? Polling sites. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like my mother, for example, she she gets back from work on that day probably like 
after you know working majority of the day so there's like a shorter window where it's like oh man i can't even go and eat dinner real quick i gotta go vote shouldn't and have then, to, she shouldn't have to do that and then by that time the lines are packed because everyone's doing that everyone's getting home or roughly around the same time. If you're doing a nine to five, you're probably getting home around six. You're probably gonna have to vote sometime between seven and what, whatever time they close nine. Nine 10. in New York. Now, okay. Not most in most other places. Earlier. Are, yes, eight in some of the other larger mm-hmm. states, but most places are seven. Yeah. So in this country, so then if you're working eleven to seven, you got to do it right after or right before. You know what I mean? Like it's just so it it's makes very you, difficult. What I will say to that, not to get too political, but what I will say to that is. You have to start wondering about why that is that way. Who wants it to be that way? Who oh, wants well. to stop certain people from having the right to vote well, in that way? We saw what happened in Georgia. Yes, and some <laughs> of those, some of those, some of that stuff is whatever. I'll tell you what I'm not thankful for. I'm not thankful for the current voting system. <laughs> it's, it, it needs to change. I'm yeah. not. I'm not thankful for that. that yeah. That we, can go. We agree on that. We agree on that. We definitely but yes, agree on that. I, I am. I'm not here for the over commercialization of probably everything. But with Christmas and and sort of the. I feel like Thanksgiving sometimes is just a blip, and we just miss that, and we're on just like you sit down. And, like there's people I've I don't know people this much, but I've known some people who've done this where it's like they're sitting down for Thanksgiving meal, and then they're thinking about how can I get out and get to that Black Friday sale and get on that line. Yeah, I'm not here for Black Friday. Yeah, I mean I might cop a couple things online. Oh, I'm getting I'm getting something. Sale. I'm getting a jacket. Yeah, I, I need a jacket. <laughs> yo, you know what I got? You know I'll do this every year. I don't spend as much money as I used to on video games. Um, quite because of the time, but one thing I do enjoy from Black Friday is PlayStation's Black Friday flash sale, mm. and I just copped that 2K. Yeah, um, which I, we're gonna have to play sometime. Oh yeah, probably, you're probably gonna kill me because you had a couple months head start. Whoa! I'm but gonna, I'm, I'm gonna I'm probably gonna start playing. I don't um, feel like I'm as sharp on 2K this year. It's okay, probably a timing. But it was half off, and you get some of the sports games for half. I off. used the Knicks recently. I used the Knicks recently. Why? Tim Hardaway Jr. is awful to use in that game, man. Don't tell that to Greg. Oh man, in that game, man. I like Tim Hardaway Jr. as a player, and thank you for the fantasy points, Tim. If you're watching or listening, um, fantasy. <laughs> we'll get to that. Well, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanksgiving's here. We are thankful. Um, it's it, obviously we are now at this twenty game mark into the all oh, getting a po- close to that twenty game mark in the NBA. Yeah, um, getting close to that double nickel mark on the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast episodes. That's that is that is right. <laughs> I don't like double nickel. I hate that. I, I hate that term. Obviously, for many reasons. Why? Um, yeah, I can still remember the night that happened. Um, if you don't know, kids, look up double nickel, Knicks Bulls. You'll find it out. Google. And then you'll react the same way that Mike Scotto did one time on the podcast and the same way Dexter will react right now. No, 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 no. We're not here for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not here for that. Oh, before we go, we're about to go to NBA. We cannot. Well, I'd be remiss if we leave without this point about Brian. Last year, we did a Thanksgiving episode. Oh, Jesus. And this guy <laughs> had the nerve. The nerve to mention the fact of this. Please, 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 please get this ready. Please let the people hear what it is that you actually had to say right, you can, about you can, stuffing. You can filibuster while I go find yeah, it. Yeah, he's trying to find it, but this guy made a comment about stuffing, which you know I'm not, I'm didn't I didn't understand. All right. For example, people are crazy about stuffing. Oh, I, I love stuffing. I, oh man. Oh, you out of your mind. <laughs> Now, it, now, if you if you come it correct depends. and your stuffing is good, now my mom makes it excellent depends. stuffing. Yeah. Uh, my future mother-in-law makes great stuffing. Uh, her st- she made the stuffing actually. It was on point. I love it. I still, I still, I had the last of it last night. Damn, I'm thinking about it now. I wish I didn't finish that. But, <laughs> yeah, because no. you were said you were hungry. Before I we love recording. stuffing. <laughs> 
See, I try, I backed up a little bit. I was like, it depends. I don't like how you ended on me. That I sound like crazy. Like I love stuffing. <laughs> now I listen back to that. I'm like, I found sounds like drunk off of stuffing or something. Hey man, thirty seconds. You, got, you know what I'm saying? Look, man. What what can we? Are you uh, still hating on the stuffing this year? Nah, it it depends. <laughs> maybe maybe I need to have some of y'all stuffing. You know, in the Henry household. I think that's probably what it is. That, that might be what it is. <laughs> All right. This guy was a stuffing hater, and I was like, uh, whatever. Well, it's, not, it's not the thing. It's definitely not the thing that I look forward to the most on Thanksgiving. Um, like, not my, for- like, like what, well, you know, what, what did you have? Like, what do you typically have in your household? I mean, uh, stuffing's there, uh, turkey. I, you know what's funny? I feel like the turkey just never gets touched that much that, as, as everything else. Uh, I get a mac, giant turkey leg. Mac and cheese. I'm not crazy about legs on chicken or turkey, so that's a whole Really? Thing. I think it's the worst part of chicken. Really? Or turkey, yeah. Interesting. I know, yeah. It's the, I know it's the smallest part. I'll take a breast or thigh any day. I agree with that. Nothing's better than the turkey or chicken breast. I, but I used to like the legs a lot because they were easier to eat, but that was just back in the day. Nah. Now I want more chicken. You give me you know a leg, I mean? I'm probably going to be like, Boop. Pass that over. Yeah. You ever had the, the the KFC bucket of grilled chicken? Yes. Legs are really small. Yeah. Really, really small. It's so annoying, too. <laughs> it's, like, so annoying because it's like, yo. And and if you notice, I wonder if this is not a mistake. It's probably not. Their uh, fried chicken, much bigger than their grilled chicken, just portion-wise. They want you to eat more unhealthy stuff. Mm-hmm. That fried chicken. I have an issue with media food that kind of placates to that also, but we don't have to get into that. Uh, we had a, we talked about media food before. We can get back to that Ooh, at some point. Ooh, Barclays Center. All right. So you want, <laughs> Lately, they've been, he, they've been dropping the ball. Oh, man. We had Chinese food the other day. I was not happy about that. Yeah, just straight up Chinese food. Was it good? No. Uh, I mean, to me, it wasn't. It was like it was like orange chicken and um, uh, vegetable brown fried rice and uh, with some eggs inside. But it was it was not like I. I it would have been better from the deli by my house. Not the deli, but the Chinese food next to the deli by my house. I'm sure it would have been. And I don't eat Chinese food anymore because. I don't like it. we we discussed this before. I don't like eating foods that make me feel like I can't fight afterwards. <laughs> Why? This always just come back to violence. Why would no, you because, want to fight afterwards? It's an energy seen, thing. No, no, no. I could have seen if you said, "Oh, if I need to move afterwards, I need to run." Why do you have to be violent? You have to, why do you? Why do you want to running fight? to? You know, it's just it's just an energy thing. I don't think this beef is as serious as people are making it out to be. A lot of the controversies come around with how the Warriors handled it and fighting and suspending Draymond Green without pay. Yeah. But I looked at it like, look, man, the Warriors, they don't want to lose Kevin Durant. What are they? Of, of course they're going to find a Why would you Draymond. want to? He's, right? a, he's an all-time – oh, we were – we okay. Me, me, Gerard, Gerard Hector, friend of the show, and Jamal Murphy, who will be on this podcast at some point, uh, along, I, along with others. This is going to a debate that I think shouldn't be even a debate. <laughs> and I'm probably going to, I probably know what it's going We to. had, it was a couple of different debates. One of them was Kevin Durant uh, and, Larry, and Larry Bird, right? Kevin Durant, Larry Bird, who's better, who ranks higher all time. Another one it brought on to was where Kevin Durant's place is all time, top 10, top 15, whatever. And people may say that, and people may hear that and roll their eyes because they're the the Golden State move, you know, makes them stupid. Um, but he's still all time great. Those are and two then, good questions, actually. And then there was Durant versus Kobe. That was the other one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a Kobe fan. <laughs> so I'm a Kobe. I don't know fan. if you want to get back on your other on the other part of this. I, 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 those are very interesting. I want to bring Jamal and Gerard in. 
So I, we can ask. I don't want to delve into it, but they're very good questions. Mm-hmm. I, sometimes people bring up these these questions to talking points, and they're not that good. And I'm like, that's a stupid question. These, these are good. Were, these they're were actually good questions. Durant versus Larry Bird thing. I'm gonna just take give them a quick takes on this. Durant versus Larry Bird. Are we talking about who's the better player? Yes. In terms of talent, we're just talking about who's better. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Durant easily. Like, like easily. Larry Bird is great, and Larry Bird is absolutely uh, a positively top ten. Not even, not even. There's no question to me about that. Don't okay. get me wrong. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm also, and when I say that, I want to say that because Larry Bird's legacy is cemented, and Kevin Durant's still writing his. So the answer to part of the other question is Kevin Durant in the top ten. I think he's probably somewhere in the top fifteen. Yeah. I'm not putting him in the top ten yet. I might. But if you did, I don't think that's crazy. I might. So that's my. That that's and the last. What was the other question? It was three. It was Kevin Durant or Larry Bird. Me and Gerard both went Kevin Durant. Yes. Jamal went Larry Bird. Okay. We'll, um, talk, we'll talk to him about that. Um, And we were saying that basically Durant. The oh, only, oh, I got the last question. The last question was Kobe. The only thing Durant's not better than Larry Bird at is passing. Was basically what we were saying. I agree with that. Yeah. The Kobe thing. All right. We went, we went, we went Durant. Jamal went Kobe. I look, I love Kobe. Yeah. Everyone knows me. I love Kobe. Yeah. I know I got into this with um a bunch of other people and talking about this and Kobe and you know di- different things. Um yeah. Robin Lumberg, Kobe over LeBron, that whole debate. Durant is could be if you wanted to. He's not he peak Kobe defense, he ain't that. Kobe's defense, people got to remember, Kobe's, Kobe's a better first, defender, yeah. First team all in Although 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 times. although Gerard did argue that he's an overrated defender, but I, there's that. I don't understand that. We will bring Gerard we back. We will have to talk about that when I see him. I don't understand that. Um in terms of pure flat out scoring ability on his height, shot and everything, Kevin Durant's like probably the two of the three best scorers of all time. Maybe. Like pure scoring ability? Yeah. Like he's averaging 27 for his career. And this is on teams where he's played with Russell Westbrook, who yeah. obviously has a score. absurd, and Curry. And Curry. absurd usage rate. And then with not just Curry, but mm-hmm. with also Klay Thompson. You know what I mean? Like with uh, and Draymond Green too. Although he's not an dude's, offensive dude, flat but, out two of the three best scorers you've probably ever seen in NBA history. I, I don't even, like you can say Jordan, him, Kareem. How are you not yeah. talking about that? Just talk about people. New Yorkers are putting Melo up there. <laughs> Melo's up there. Melo's one of the best scorers I ever put there. You could also say, like, George Gervin, the Iceman is. But he's not – those people are not quite in that stratosphere. I'm putting, like, there's a gr- – So you don't, you, don't think Mello, you don't think Mello's the second best scorer you've ever seen like most Nick fans do? And what those Nick fans all say? Bernard King's the best scorer they've ever seen? <laughs> Shut what? up. They're not – This is stupid. Yeah, it is stupid. <laughs> yes, I will agree with myself. It's absolutely stupid. Um <laughs> No, 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 no. Second best score you've ever seen? No, like, the guys I'm talking about, they could score in their sleep. Yeah. My thing with Durant, and this is the big part of why we were uh, taking Durant over Kobe, was that he's way more efficient. Just that's, ac- that's, across the board, and that's there's fair. something to be said for that. Way more efficient and always a better three-point shooter. Because Kobe wasn't really that good of a three-point shooter until, mm-hmm. like, later on he became better. But him and Michael Jordan, in many respects... Not great three. No, they shooters. weren't. I think what you like, and this comes to how you value this, and whether you overrated or not, the Kobe people are going to love his leadership, his fiery, the his, Mamba mentality. The Mamba menta- I do love. No, but I love the Mamba mentality. I think Mamba. In, 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 it depends. It depends. No, I, I I love it. I think you have to. I think the Mamba mentality. Like I like I admire the theory of shooter shoot. 
to a point. Well, yes. You know what I mean? Like, don't shoot me out of a game. Yeah, I agree. If you're 6 of 16, I don't need you to go 6 of 24 in an effort to finally find that shot. I'm good. But I'm cool. But but see, it depends on how you look at that. The guy like Kobe, if that guy is 6 of 24, but the ball's in his hands for the last shot of the game, yeah, because Kobe's got that mama mentality. Mm. I still trust him. I do. Who? I still trust him. There's not that many people I trust. I would him, need. I would I need trust to. Him. I would need to know who's on this team. That is a factor. Now let me. Yeah. Let, let me. I'm glad you brought up that point. Yeah. If Smush Parker and uh, well, if some you, other folks. Well, here's the thing. That era here's the thing. Him. If you're talking about the 05 to 07 Lakers, Ooh. as in pre Paul Gasol, and this is when Kobe was MVP candidate, averaged 35. That was around the time he dropped 81 in the game. Yep. Who else was on that team? Nah. You know what I mean? I like, mean, who else did you want to shoot? Yeah, he had major help on those rings he won. But I mean, that's I'm not saying that to knock him. Everybody but does. Those but were yeah. the those were better teams. So he didn't have to do those things. Is why I bring that up. But you know, if even if he's on that team with Paul Gasol, Lamar Odom, and Andrew Bynum, would I prefer Kobe take the last shot? Yeah, probably. I don't have a listen. I'm a Kobe fan, huge Kobe fan. I don't have a problem. If somebody says they take Kevin Durant over Kobe because I see I can see the points for it. Yeah, but my thing is. Kobe fans, not you. Yeah, I know. But you know what? Man, I, I, I look so hard there, on the other side. There are the look. It's just like that. I, that I say that's about the, the part of the Mamba mentality that that trips. I me love up. the Mamba mentality. I live by some things in the Mamba mentality. It depends. Okay, it depends. It's selective. You do you want to break down? We we should have a whole no, podcast I, I, breaking I, down I, the Mamba. Right. I, I, there are certain things I love about that. I love that killer instinct. I love players with that mentality. But I think that with that mentality, when you have that, there has to come a maturity about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Russell Westbrook has a mama mentality. Ugh. But I still ha- – I st- hold on, let me finish. But I still think there is a level of maturity that still has to come with it. People like to look at certain things from certain eras but not look at how it affected things and then see how people evolved. Even Kobe's mama mentality evolved in his older years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you said, the mama mentality is all good from 05 to 07 when you ain't got nobody else around you that you trust to shoot. Or yeah. not trust to shoot – I wouldn't want Can't to shoot. shoot. I don't want to pass of, the ball. Look, sometimes out of necessity, it's better to do things yourself but because yo, you know they're going to get done. Bruh, watching Kobe from 05 to 07. Does anybody remember Kobeuary? Does anybody remember those February months where he was going Kobeuary. Kobeuary. <laughs> I remember. No, seriously, in 05 to 07, in the month of February, look at Kobe's numbers in those months. Bro, I was Insane. not trying to. I was not trying. Insane. To. And then when he dropped 81 on, on – see, one thing people don't give Kobe credit for in 81, and I think I said this with Robin Lubber. This is going to be interesting. They don't give him credit for is how efficient that 81 points that he scored was. Yeah. It was so efficient, man. And it he was just, rare for him because he's not. he doesn't always have those big scoring games where he's very efficient. And it was in the flow of the game. It wasn't like he was just jacking shots. He was mm-hmm. in the flow of the game. Yeah. Um, it's a game I actually have downloaded on a hard drive. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, so it makes me sound like I'm in that like crazy Kobe stand. You place. have it downloaded? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> I have that game downloaded. This is before I had like. Why do you that. have it in your hard drive? Because I could go back and watch that greatness anytime. Because that's just nasty. <laughs> no, what he did to the Raptors, that was nasty. And you shouldn't want to watch that greatness anytime. Man, man. Some Nick fan has Carmelo's 62-point game of the Garden against the Hornets a couple years ago. Oh, God. I mean. It's holiday season, which means it's time to stock up on your favorite backpack broadcasting gear. Shop at the Backpack Broadcasting Key Public Store via the store link on BackpackBroadcasting.com. And enjoy the Black Friday deals from November 21st to 24th. And that's not all, guys. There's also a Cyber Monday sale from November 25th to 28th. 
Now you can cop some tees for as low as 14 bucks, or even save up to 30% off on gear from your favorite backpack broadcasting shows, including the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. There's something for everyone this holiday season at the Backpack Broadcasting Store. You don't you don't take this Warriors beef that serious. Oh wow, I forgot about that. Um, yeah, thanks for taking us down the Kevin Durant rabbit hole. No, because of the people involved. I mean, I don't I don't make I I think Kevin Durant's out anyway. That's just my sort of inkling on that. Um one thing I did overlook throughout this whole sort of Golden State situation, Clay Thompson, restricted free agent. Unre- yep. Unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. Yep. So this can get this can get out of hand pretty quickly. Just in terms of, I think they're still winning the championship this year. So I will I. say that much. I still think they're winning the championship this year, just on the basis of nobody else can challenge them, in my opinion, roster wise. Houston got worse. Utah not as good as I thought they were going to be. So far, still early. I still think they could be good, but they're not realistically challenging Golden State. Um, Boston, not really sure what they're going to get. Uh, what they're going to uh, give the rest wait. of the East. You got to wait. You got to wait to see. We'll see. Toronto. Uh, I do like Philly. I could see, yo, I could see Philly coming out of the Eastern Conference with Jimmy Butler. I don't. I could. I, don't. I could. I don't know if I'd make that argument, but I could. I still like Boston to come out of the East. Uh, I do like Toronto. I like how I like Serge Tor- Ibaka. I like how Toronto's playing. I like now. how They're Serge Ibaka's look so far. He needs to be that third guy for them. They really need that. And obviously, you know, Kawhi Leonard, what he's doing. Milwaukee's interesting too, but as far as challenging Golden State, I don't really see that. However, after the season, because you know, People love the offseason just as much as they love the regular season when Probably it comes more. to the NBA. Probably more, especially if your team sucks. But Golden State, you're looking at Klay Thompson and Kevin Durant hitting free agency after all this is going down, and it kind of already has looked like even beforehand, even when Kevin Durant got there, it looked like this was a rental probably two years. You know what I mean? Like a couple short-term contracts, get a couple rings, we out of here. Kind of like what LeBron did to Miami. I mean... Looking at it now, it kind of looks like he's going to depart. Klay Thompson, I'm not sure. But what if what if Klay Thompson really wanted to just ball out? I don't I don't think I don't think he's going to Klay Thompson. You 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 wouldn't see him going to I don't know. I don't know who would give him the money off the top of my head. But a team like maybe the Clippers, they're going to lose Tobias Harris. Maybe the Clippers want to throw a lot of money at Klay Thompson. And I, then what happens with Golden State with just Steph Curry and Draymond Green? And Jordan Bell <laughs> and the rest of that bench. That's a six seed in the playoffs. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I don't think Klay Thompson's leaving. I don't think that's happening. Draymond Green's going to have to do more than 7-7-7. Seven, seven, and seven. And Draymond Green will be... Uh, <laughs> and anchoring the defense. Yes, a great defensive player, can guard all five positions, all that stuff. But yeah, I don't, in a position where he has to do more, I don't think your team is that good. I think he's perfect for what for the them and what they want to do. I agree with that. That's another argument that we had, uh, some of us, in, in, one of, in my group chat. But that's also the reason why, to bring it back, that's also the reason why Katie is right. You yeah. got to give him the damn ball there. With no step on the floor, you got to give him the ball. But this is what sparked that argument, was this whole situation with Kevin Durant and with Draymond Green. And the argument was, who is more valuable to that team, Kevin Durant or Draymond Green? How is that a question? Who would you rather lose, Kevin Durant or Draymond Green? How is this a question? I don't – that's what I was saying. I was like, it's you not even easily, easily would rather have – Kevin Durant. You'd rather have like Kevin Durant. Easily. You know, you know, I, get, I get it, Draymond. Like, look, I love intangibles. I like guys who don't necessarily put up big, big numbers. You know what I mean? Like, I appreciate Patrick Beverly's game, even though he's kind of a dick. You know what I'm saying? Like, Draymond Green, what? 
No, I'm laughing. Yeah, I'm laughing at that. I'm just. Yeah, hey, here's all you need to know. I you, had an interaction you know, with him, so I could you say know that. Who else <laughs> agrees that Kevin Durant's more valuable? The Warriors, the Warriors ownership <laughs> because they find Draymond Green. They put a nip. They nipped that. They and was suspended like, him. They suspended for him. Fine and suspended him for a yeah. game because they're like, look. You can say people are making this whole thing about they're taking sides. Yeah, they are taking sides. They're taking the side of we want Kevin Durant back here because he's the most valuable asset to our team outside of Steph Curry that we can have those two together. If they lose Draymond Green, I'm just being honest. It's a lot easier to find another Draymond Green. That's what I said. That was my whole point. I was like, (laughs) look, look, it's a lot easier. Are you going to find the exact one? No. However, I can take somebody like a Rondé Hollis Jefferson. And it won't be a tremendous drop-off. He won't be able to run the offense in the exact same way. I know their games are a little bit different. But he's somebody who can defend those positions. He's somebody who offensively, actually better than Draymond Green. And he's somebody who can pass I the liked, ball. I like Draymond Green. I think Draymond Green is a, fanta- yeah. a, fa- a fantastic but he, player. But, but what I'm saying is it's closer to find a comparison to Draymond Green than it is to find Kevin Durant, it is to find Kevin Durant who we just established is maybe, maybe a top 10 player ever. Probably definitely a top 15 player and ever. definitely a top three scorer ever. And definitely, definitely a top three scorer ever. How? Yeah. I, I don't even, why is that a question? That's one of those questions. Is like, why is it even a question? It's but Draymond Green is one of those dudes where his legacy, so to speak, is going to be, in some cases, overvalued because of what he's done with Golden State, and in other cases, undervalued just because people look at numbers. Yeah, and like kind of I feel like that D- Draymond. Green's- I feel like I feel like Draymond Green is one of those players where people are definitely on one side of the spectrum, but very much so, and people are on the other side of the spectrum, but just to a whole another degree. Yeah. He's not. He's not like. There's not. Like, the nuance is just one way or another entirely. Yeah, now speaking of that issue, uh, Kevin Durant also was asked uh, the day when Draymond came back after all this went down. Draymond sat out a game, and then he asked him about it, and Kevin Durant snapped back at a reporter and said, don't ask me um, about that about what's going on in his relationship with Draymond. He snapped at the reporter. Uh, your thoughts on that, because there's this whole thing in the relationship between reporters and players. I think people take things a little bit too sensitive on both sides. I think some reporters take things. Look, reporters have every right to ask the question. The players can choose not to answer it. I don't have a problem with that. I don't think they're here to answer all of your questions. If they don't want to answer it, that's fine. Some reporters, I think, take it a little bit too personal. Like, oh, man, he didn't answer my question. Oh, man, he didn't give me a soundbite. Like, Do you want to hear what Stephen A. said about this? Maybe he didn't want to. Do you sure. want to hear what Stephen A. I said do. about this? Yes. Since we can... See, this is moments like this where I really, really miss being a reporter. Did you imagine if he sat up there and told you gonna tell me how to do my job? You gonna tell me not to I can understand you not commenting. I can understand you saying no comment. I can understand you saying you're not talking about that no more. You gonna look a reporter in the face and tell him, don't ask me again, like you gonna do something if he did ask you? Man, ooh, uh, there's moments like that where I, I I really, really, really miss being that guy at, at, at that report at that person. Can you imagine? If you gonna tell the, you gonna dare me to ask it, I'd have shut everybody down and ask the same question over and over. Like, what you think you gonna do if I ask you? What are you talking about? You don't have to answer, but you gonna tell me what to ask and what not to ask. So, in other words, you on the bench and you upset because Draymond, you didn't go hard at Draymond, but you gonna go hard at a reporter. So, so I mean, it's just oh, ooh, so ooh. <laughs> So Stephen A. just—I feel like Stephen A. there just kind of raised my blood pressure um, <laughs> by 
not going, not going through that. But here's the thing. Let me say this. He, I needs, feel, to get, he needs to get a checkup, first of all. I, I hope feel, he's okay. I feel him on that, though, right? I agree, yeah. So here's, here's the one thing about it. It's kind of like you ever have these situations where you talk to people and they're like, yo, man, they better do this or else. Mm. Especially when it's somebody on pass. And I'll look at them and be like, or else what? Oh, uh, what, what, like, oh. like, what, like, well, what you've you, seen me get in that sort you, of confrontation what before what with the security do? guard at our old establishment. You, you've seen that happen. No, 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 but, but people be like, this, this, <laughs> well, they better do this or this needs to happen or what? And I'll be like, or else what? What you gonna do? Yeah. You know, this is also funny when you go out to eat something with somebody and <laughs> you go out to eat with somebody and they're like, yo, this food better be good or else. Or else what? Yeah. You're just not gonna like it. Yeah. That's all that's gonna happen. Here's what Stephen A. is right. I will say on that. He said he kind of brought up the point that I just said. I can understand where a player doesn't want to answer a question. Totally fine. Yeah. Don't really care about it. Not going to hurt my feelings. I've been in locker rooms where people didn't necessarily want to answer a question. My feelings are not hurt about it. I'm going to sleep just fine. But for you to tell me what I can and can't not ask as if I'm not a grown man there asking it to you, Yeah. I kind of feel that I would have been like, what I would have said is I wouldn't have probably repeated the question. I would have been like, yeah, but I did just ask it, and you chose not to answer it, so that's it. I looked at Kevin Durant and said that exactly, that, but I asked it. Okay. Yeah. What you going to do? What you going to do? You going to you gonna go talk to the PR and have me kicked out? Here's the thing. Honestly. <laughs> but it does. Here's what matters, though. Stephen A. has the right to puff his chest out and come back like that. And I do believe at the age he is now, with the amount of years they had in his game, I don't even anybody think, I don't think he's just talking that talk. No, I think he would do it. He would I keep that. I do it. think he would keep that Pro- same energy. Yeah. Now, with all that being said, that comes with your certain place mm-hmm. as a reporter yeah. and where you're standing Cause, is. Because I probably couldn't get away with that. You as could, much as I would like to, no. and as much as I almost have, probably couldn't but get away certain, with that. And, and, <laughs> and that's your awareness of being where you stand in the game. Yeah. Now, that doesn't For mean, now. For now. Wait, yeah, don't, mother efforts. <laughs> don't, don't, don't sleep 10 years from now because Brian might- 10. Be, 10 months. Yeah, I think, here's the thing. And I also would like to be clear. I don't think Stephen A. saying I don't think Brian's saying that if somebody did this to them, that that means they're going to elevate their voice and yell. Because there is a way to look at somebody right in their eye as mm-hmm. another adult and let them know, oh, no, 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 no. True. I'm not here for play. I could simply look at that person and be like, but I did ask that question. Yeah. Is there a problem? Yeah. Now, basically what I'm saying is, what you going to do about it? Yeah. Like, you going to come over here and tell me something in this scrum? And here's the thing about the player that makes it a little bit corny. It's real easy, bro, to say that in front of a whole bunch of other reporters standing in around scrum. in the scrum. Yep. But would you Cameras really, on. But would you really say that to me one-on-one? One-on-one. Is Kevin Durant really walking up to Stephen A., the other reporter, and being like, Hey, man, don't ask that question again. You know why? Because you're not going to go and tell another grown man to not ask that question again. You know, no disrespect to Kevin Durant or any other players. Most of y'all ain't built like that. So stop it. Yeah. That's all I have to say on that. (laughs) I don't know what that was for Steve Way. Steve Day sounded like, he's like, oh, I just want to grab him by the neck. And Steve Day, who's... Good, good mentor and friend. I I hope he's okay. But I feel what he's saying. I do understand where he's coming from. And I think that he is also not for play play. But you know, to don't your point, sleep, don't sleep on Stephen A. To your point, from these streets of Hollis Queens, don't yeah. sleep on don't sleep on him. And to your point, status does have something to do with that. <laughs> status allows status <laughs> status allows you to say that. Carmelo Anthony, do, I, I think it's. How I feel about the whole situation is I think it's kind of sad because I think there's been this contingency of people 
who've blamed Bello for the problems of Houston, and I would like to be clear on this, that the issues that Houston has had this year, both offensively and defensively, not his fault. It's not Melo's fault. No. You know what? You know who I blame for all of this with Houston? Front office. Oh, front office and yep. ownership. Dal Morey in front office who did not want to go into luxury tax, so he did not pay Trevor Reza. Mm-hmm. And you're missing Trevor Reza. Mm-hmm. Now, Carmelo Anthony, I want to be fair. Does Carmelo Anthony have limitations defensively? And I'm probably being nice with that. Yes, he does. Carmelo, before he was released, the last four or five games, was shooting the ball actually really well, doing well as a spot-up shooter. Another thing that um, I'm not going to fully take credit for it, but I was recently listening to an episode of Bomani Jones, The Right Time Podcast. He brought up some stats which showed Carmelo has actually reduced his amount of mid-range shots over the last three to four seasons. So if anything, he has actually been changing his game offensively. Yeah. Um, and there are stats that prove that. He's been taking less shots from uh, 16 to uh, 20, 20 feet, feet yeah. in that range, and he's been taking more shots at the basket and from three-point. Um, the problem last year was he didn't shoot the ball well. The problem was the start of this year, he didn't shoot the ball well, but as recently he was shooting the ball well. He killed the Nets in that one game in Brooklyn yes. where he had like 28, I think the it was. The issue is, and to some degree I will give the Rockets credit, they realize he's actually hurting our team more because we can't have lineups where he can actually defend and we can't switch and defend, but it still comes back to the first problem I mentioned, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't pay Trevor Ariza. He didn't bring back to some lesser degree Luke Mbamute, mm-hmm. and that's the issue. So now you're paying, you're playing Gary Clark, uh, who's come and played well from the from the D- G League yeah. and is now playing well. This is not Carmelo didn't kill Houston. Carmelo did what he was asked to do. Now, he may not fit there, and that's a fair point, and that's fine. Um, the question is, where is he going to play? That's what I was going to say is that the big thing, I don't think people realize aging is hard, especially if you're a professional athlete. Yeah. I don't think he could really accommodate to how, you know, he could accommodate to the way – Vince Carter did, or Dirk Nowitzki is doing, where these guys are able to last just by changing their roles and taking less of a responsibility offensively and things of that nature, becoming more of a mentor in a lot of cases. I don't know if that's in him. It doesn't seem like he is. It seems like he wants to win, but it seems like he wants to play more than anything else. And I'm not sure how do you accommodate the aging star who is no longer a star but thinks he's a star. That's like the hardest thing to do in sports as front as far as the front office is concerned. See, I think that they I, and I think I'm not sure this I don't know anything on it. But I'm not sure it's much as about that in this situation because I think dude actually was accommodating his game. I'm not necessarily sure it's about starting or putting on the bench. I like the fact that he has tried to be as more of a spot up shooter and move and be well without the ball. I'm sure that was hard for Melo. I'm sure that was some of what of a transition. <clears throat> The thing I think for him is so I do think it's some of what you're saying. He's got to find a, a, a place where he can go. Yeah, I think he can get some minutes where he still need his instant offense. There's a couple of places I've thought about where it could work for him. Like where? Because I don't. I, I can't. That's interesting. Yep, that's interesting. It's Here's the thing with Portland. Portland's already really good defensively. Yeah, they've been defensively good two seasons. They've been in a row. defensively better than I thought they were going to be. But even this here, year. that's a place. But, Port- but Portland's issue, I think, is that Nurkic is not like an elite big man, and I feel like in order to be a championship contender, to complement an elite guard or an elite backcourt, which they have. You need an elite big man or at least a very, very good big man. I don't think Nurkic is that. I think the problem is Nurkic is, is adequate offensively. He's not mm-hmm. that good defensively. He doesn't rebound well enough or protect the rim for you. Melo is – I don't know what he does there. Mel, I think Melo could come off the bench there, still okay. get 25 minutes a night and give them some good punch off 15, the bench. 15 to 15 points a game. 
Yeah, I think he could do that. Okay. And I think he their bench could still use sort of a punch yeah. that I think he provide. He could get a, some rebounds too. And a guy late who could like create a shot from you if you needed to. I think there he could play well. Um, Where else have you thought about? I thought I I instantly thought about the Lakers, even though that's not going to oh, happen. Oh, because I thought that was going to be the, I thought that was going to be the first rumor for him. But I'm not. I don't. I think that that was publicly shot down. Yeah. Yeah. I think so the, the Warriors, which surprised me, but... the Warriors. I think it's interesting because they have a roster spot open. Oh god. Oh, I want to address one thing real quick, and I texted you about this the other day, so you probably know where I'm going on this, but you look like you don't. I probably will. When remember, you I texted start? you. Remember, I texted you the person that put out that dumb article. That I did not like about where I thought Melo should go to. Okay. Melo going back to the Knicks. The oh. ridiculous I don't remember who wrote this article for SB Nation, but the article was stupid. And if you want to come <laughs> at me for that, that's fine. That's fine. But I'm going to call the article what it is it's clickbait journalism, if that even is journalism. You just want to do this so people be like, oh, there's somebody who said Melo could come back to the Knicks. Because you, you're the kind of people, and there's fans who buy this, you guys need a fit, happy. Fairy tale ending to everything. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, like. Th- th- there's a good amount of that on SB Nation, which is why I try to separate. Like, hey, there is some real journalism at SB Nation. There is. If you read Nets Daily, for that. example, Nets Daily has a lot of real stuff. But this stuff, I got to call out for what it is. Yeah, and I'm so not, does SB Nation. I'm but not, to I'm your point, coming. yeah, there's definitely there used to there used to be more clickbait. <laughs> you know but what that's I mean? Clickbait. Bleacher Report was the same. Like they used to be terrible with that stuff. Yeah, but it's, come on, people. You're yeah. selling it to the Knicks fans who want to believe this. This, and I want, I'm not anti-Mello. I like Mello. I've always liked Mello. I appreciate he was a. I think Mello was a pretty good Nick. He didn't have a lot of help around him. A good front office stability. I'm not anti-Mello. There's no need for Mello to come back to the Knicks. The Knicks are doing the right thing right now. Agreed. Developing young players. You do not need. Somebody's gonna say, "Well, Mello could give them veteran veteran leadership to do what? To do what? That's, take take minutes away from Kevin Knox yeah, or Damian Dotson. That's for the what? that's the main thing. Is that look. You you pretty much hit the nail on the head. The Knicks are doing the right thing for once. You know, it seems like they have the right people in place with Fizdale, with yep. Mills, with Scott Perry. And then you got Damian Dotson's getting playing time. Lonzo Trier's getting playing time. Uh, Frank Nielakina's getting playing time. Mitchell Robinson's starting. Kevin Knox is back. You got all these young guys who should be exciting the fan base. And the fans seem pretty excited that these guys are playing. Why aren't you just letting them grow instead of? I mean, not that they're gonna get mellow or anything like that, but why not just let them grow yeah. and just keep going the route you're going? I think, I think the fact they're that they're they're terrible. They have a terrible win loss record, and they should have a terrible win loss record. Watch some Duke games, and then you know you're just doing the right thing as a front office. I don't think that. <laughs> I don't think that Melo going there makes a lot of sense or any sense really. I, I Even from a mentorship role, I don't care if he's on the roster, just sitting on the bench with them, never playing. It just does not make a lot oh, of sense. But you know, I, and, and what did I tell you when you texted me that? I don't remember. I told you. I probably was just thinking about stupid. Articles. No, because you agreed with me because you were talking about the feel good aspect of it that this article was trying to say, and that other Nick fans have sort of bought into. And I said that the feel good is overrated in sports business. Yeah, but it doesn't make any sense. Feel good is nice when you have actual fear road toss. Feel good is nice when you have Dwayne Wade in Miami yeah. or Dirk. It wasn't feel good. It was a different term, but it was something along those lines. And I'm going to find it right now because yeah. I feel like it was. Well, I'll tell you profound. what. I don't feel good. But that article is 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 is. is I, I was like, this is stupid. Like this is so stupid. And it's it's one of those like, let me show you how smart I've thought this out so we can have a happy ending. And it's like, nah, man. It's oh oh sentimental. Sentimental. You said you said because I also hate 
when Nick fans have this kind of sentimental thinking. Yeah. And then I said, LMAO, sentimental-ish gets you nowhere in business. Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah, it's not, it's not always about, oh, let's make the fans. You know what the fans want to see? Winning. The real fans. We want to see winning. I don't want to see. Melo will have his day when he comes back to the Garden. Yeah. And maybe he'll think about retiring his jersey. He'll be, he'll be blah, their blah, blah, version blah. of what Allen Iverson is to the Sixers now. And that's nice. Yeah. But we'll save the sentimental stuff for that day. I think it would be really messy if you went down to D.C. I kind of want to see the mess down there. But I well, don't think that's I, you know what place I saw that wouldn't be bad for me that I thought about? And I'm like, oh, they could use him and he might. Denver? Back to nah, Denver? No, I think they're okay. when okay. They get, But that's not a, that's an interesting place of him coming off the bench, but I would also say no. They have Isaiah Thomas coming soon. Charlotte. How about Charlotte? Oh, Jesus. Somebody help Kemba, please. Yeah, but I don't know if he, that he could. But, but That's well, what I'm saying. It's like that wouldn't be bad. I'm like, I, I some, not. somebody please help Kevin. I Walker. think it makes more sense than even Miami. God, I wish they traded him last I year. I could see Miami too, but I think it would make more I could more always sense. see Miami. I see it makes more. I think it makes more. You know, another team that could now use somebody that can probably put the ball in the basket just a little bit, Indiana? even though the team is really bad defensively, oh. Minnesota. Mm. But they need defense. That's not really what they need. Mm. I could see that happening there. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you need that much defense in the NBA anymore since you're not allowed to touch each other. And you're seeing 120 point games all the time, um, yeah. I, don't I think know the rules much. will come back and adjust. You still need defense. Hopefully, it will. It will. But I'm, like Jesus Christ, I'm, man. I'm, I'm not, well, I saw somebody the other day put a Facebook post, which was probably attention getting too. It was oh, now every night somebody's scoring 40, 50, and 60 points in NBA, and I was like, you don't watch the NBA. That's not true. Not every night, but I will say that Tim Hardaway Jr. probably shouldn't be averaging close to 25 points a game. <laughs> Or maybe, I mean... Granted, 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 I will say this much. Of the top 30 scores in the NBA, I believe I'm right on this because I looked this up very recently. Of the top 30 scores in the NBA, all of which have 20 or more points, or like 19.9 or more points, Tim Hardaway Jr., the lowest field goal percentage in the NBA <laughs> of, the, of, that, of those elite scores. And that's a product of him scoring on a bad team. You also have to look at who people play with sometimes. Oh, no, 100%. But that's why I'm saying is that because this is another thing that we've talked about in our group chat. i got to bring some of these people on. And this is before Karis LeVert got hurt. All of us except one person was saying Karis LeVert over Tim Hardaway Jr. long term. Did you see what happened in the first Nets-Knicks game of the season? <laughs> Karis LeVert They were Tim Michigan Hardaway teammates. Jr. And even, even then when Karis LeVert was a bench player, I mean, come on. I don't understand how that's a – some of the stuff in that group chat, I don't understand how that's a question. <laughs> like – I don't understand this question. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. is probably, probably a better scorer right now. But right I, now, I, I'm, not, I'm not so sure about that. Yeah, but I'll tell you what I like better in terms of Karis LeVert right now. Although I'm going to give Tim Hardaway Jr. credit. He's been a lot better this in the last three or four weeks. I don't know what's happening. His shot selection's got a lot better. I've hated his shot <laughs> he selection. He reads Twitter. That's probably what it is. Well, if, that, if that's what it is. So I will give him credit. If, he, if Tim Hardaway Jr. improved his shot, shot selection consistently – if I see this, come talk to me in February how I feel about Tim Hardaway Jr. Then I'm like, yo, man, he's been really good the whole season with his shot selection. But I think right now, Karis LeVert's shot selection and ability to attack the rim seems better than him. Way more efficient. All the teams now have released their City Edition jerseys. And I think that still, again, for the second year in a row, there's nothing. Nothing is better than Miami City Edition jerseys. Oh, 100%. They are so good. 100%. They are so good. Like, this, to me, this is what you should do with the City Edition jerseys. When you get one, it works, and then you tweak it and maximize everything you can out of it, right? So Miami had the white ones last year. They looked clean, clean. as hell. Then they got the dark ones that look dope as hell, too, right? And what I love to do is, how about that court? 
I feel mm. like Miami City Edition jerseys are so good. They are so good that they should just get rid of their regular jerseys. Yo, that's agree. how good they are. Agree. Like they're so <laughs> like you know what I you don't have to say? If I was playing, I wouldn't even be able to play. I'd just be looking at a jersey like, damn. Yo, the, trim, <laughs> the trim is nice. Yo, this coin is nice. Yo. Like just the, the the teal with the with the with the bright pink and the black, or whether you put it with the white. Yeah. It's just their jerseys are sexy. Yo. You gotta look back. Stop playing with me with those jerseys. Yo, for real. I agree. There are some other ones. We'll get to this. I, for example, I have the list. I loved Philly's uh, jersey last year Let me send with this the parchment you. paper. Um, I did. I absolutely love those. Um, and I'm pulling pulling up the entire list here as as we speak. Um, but there there are some that you know. I know some people love some, and some people have hated some. I love Miami. I just have to give them credit for uh, doing it again. I like the Nuggets. I also like the Timberwolves. Uh, I like that one. Prince Purple Rain tribute. I like that Fantastic. one. Fantastic. I kind of like the Lakers one. I do not like that. Really? I do not like the dark. I do not like the pinstripes. You're a LeBron hater. I don't like. No, I don't like it. <laughs> I, I, the Laker one. I don't. I'll tell you which one. I, I think is absolutely awful. Dallas. Didn't care for that. Okay. It's better than what they had last year. Okay. Cleveland. I agree. The Cleveland one is. Cleveland. Yo. The court looks good. The jerseys. <sighs> Every time LeBron leaves. They get terrible jerseys. Every time LeBron leaves, they also get terrible. <laughs> that is being cut and put in our joint reel. <laughs> I mean, it's true, though. It is true. These these are, like, supposed to be some sort of remix to the Brevin Knight era Cleveland Cavaliers. Remember when they had, like, yes. the blue and orange? Terrell Brandon. Yeah. Yeah, that era. Brevin Knight is a player that I really liked back in the day. Yep. I loved his defense and his his his, uh, his passing ability, and he was also undersized, so you know we got to stick together. <sighs> um, Yeah. I like Memphis. I like Memphis. I, I don't like— I hate the Milwaukee one. I do not like that I one. I hate that and one. So, look, some, some of the stuff, like, I'll be honest. Let's just talk some of these teams. Some of the teams— you guys got really lazy. Washington's been. I like Washington's. I, I like, like theirs last year too with the all, with the white ones, the District of Columbia yeah. ones, and I really like these. But two. I think what some, some they did the, what Miami did in to your point in terms of just doing something that works, yep. and then just tweaking it a little bit, changing the color, whatever it was. They Made went from white to, to black. Beautiful. Some teams have gotten really lazy. Have done nothing like the Suns. They just did low Suns again, which they've been doing for years as an alternate jersey. So it's not really a city city edition. Jersey. And by the way, we don't have that many Hispanics in Phoenix, so y'all can stop. No, there's we we ain't got that many. No, there's we ain't got that. There's many. a lot. They're not in positions of power. I'll tell you that right now. Well, there, there's a lot. There's a large Mexican community and a large Republican community. Yes, there is. <laughs> Although they just got a Democratic uh, senator, a governor. I can't remember, but they just got somebody on, in, in there. So that was interesting. Yeah. Um, the 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 Nets one. You and I have talked about oh, boy. the tribute Stop. to Biggie. Um, I'm Stop. not. Gonna, I'm not going to go that far. I won't. Go, it's not like Stop. that. No. <laughs> um, the Nets one. I'm not crazy about as a Brooklyn Knight. They should have made it white. Fan, they should have made it white. I think you brought that point up to me, and I do think you're right about that. I think white would have made the Coogee on the side that they tried to tribute to Biggie pop more. Yeah. I also think the Nets had an opportunity to do some more stuh with the Coogee uh, stuff around the court. They tried. They, they did tried, it, and, and they it's did something it. that was not. They had they had the Coogee thing. They had the crown thing, and they took it all off. And I don't think you could really tell it was Biggie Knight. And then this is what pissed me off because in the first half they were playing all the Biggie songs. I saw you kicking the door, unbelievable, all those things, right? And there's still a bunch of songs that they didn't even get to. The what? 
Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. One more chance. Juicy. Juicy. I think I don't know if they, they played Juicy during the game. More money, no problem. This but then in the third quarter, I start hearing house music. And then in the fourth quarter, I start hearing rock music. I'm like, fam. I probably heard one Biggie song the entire second half. I was like, you're going too far with this. <laughs> too far. I was getting nah. I was really tight though. I was really tight. Yeah, that's. I I think that's. I I'm think like, that's, look. I get it. Biggie had two albums, but there are a bunch of other songs that you can use. Yeah, I also th- I also think there's stuff they could use that even surrounded Bad Boy a little bit. Like if they played the Benjamins beat or something like that. They that played that. Work. They played okay. the Benjamins. But the, you know what? I'm, I'm not crazy about Biggie's verse in that song, but that's a whole other discussion for another yeah, day. Yeah, we, we get to. I'm, that. Not, I'm not into. That. I like where they were trying to go, and they tried to keep something Brooklyn. Although the Nets have done something else, it would take the, the Nets. As much as I like the Nets, and we've got ties within there, the organization and all the stuff with people we know there. Um, you know, the teams that do really well with the City Edition jersey have done a really good job with the marketing, and I, I like the teams that sometimes some of them who realize, yo, this worked for us last year. Let's stick to that. I didn't like the Nets last year. Um, I don't even remember. Oh, I remember the Brooklyn Bridge one. Yeah, I oh, didn't, man. yeah, I didn't, I didn't like care that. for that. Nah. I didn't care for it at all. Nah. This is actually a little bit better. This is better, but I think the execution around the night and also maybe in terms of doing something they could have done with the court could have been better. I actually do like what the Knicks did this year, going back to the 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 little blue and orange stripes on the fifties, the mid fifties style yeah. jerseys, but making it black with a straight New York on it. The Knicks, the Knicks need to bring back their orange jerseys, but that's another. Yeah, but that's a whole other thing. I'm so annoyed Which, if they put those away just because they kept losing, losing them. Yeah, I didn't like that. And as if their franchise ever stopped to think <laughs> about that and hold themselves up to something. But, back, but back to the Nets, um, yeah. just the city jerseys, I think, yeah, they could have done that better. I also think that they shouldn't have did a biggie night on a sun, on a Saturday. I don't think they should have did that. During the week could have been better. And it was random. It's like in November. Well, I mean, they should, they should have a bunch of them. And I think this is what they should do. They should I- have a biggie night. Around the time they play, whatever's closest to March 9th. I look because they're not going to play in May unless I, they make go deep into the playoffs, playoffs. and that's not happening. I agree season. with that. I think that's a good point. Yeah, and I think they did something with a biggie night last year around March 9th, or was it two years ago where I was there? Um, and they did so. I can I think it was two years ago. Like Fabulous opened up. Uh, I saw it at the game that game we're talking about their biggie night. Joey Joey Badass was there. Mm. I saw him. He was sitting like really close to the Nets bench. He didn't perform or anything. He's right? been in a few games this year. Yeah, I saw. I saw. He's him. been in a few games him. this year, and he did perform once, once. at halftime, yeah, but I it wasn't really him. It was some other dude who's from Manhattan who sings, and he Joey Badass just did a verse because he was at a verse on the song. And I'm like, why don't you have Joey Badass perform? Because we he's actually from Brooklyn. We actually know who he is. First yes, of all, the other from- guy was like popular. On Twitter or whatever, but even like the little white kids didn't know what song he was singing in the <laughs> arena. So they had no idea. Yeah. All right, that's it. All right, before we get out, of it, I'm gonna. There's one thing we want to talk about, but I'm gonna save that for an extra. That'll be of my uh, frustration with fantasy basketball, and fantasy sports this yeah. year. Yeah. We're, we're, we're gonna save that. So I'm, we're, we're gonna talk about that, but we're gonna wrap up with an album that just dropped out. Dropped that we had been looking forward to for a long time, uh, all year. I was very excited after the first single this guy had with Kendrick Lamar. Uh, tense, which I think is dope, and I actually love it because my daughter like loves this song now too because I've been playing it so much. I like Tense, um, but I like Bubbling more, and I wish it was on that. No, album. I like Tense more. Than I like Bubbling more. I, I, bubbling, I'm kind of fine. But, I, but you, but you Bubbling's more my sound. You know, tense is way. You, tense you is so that. much more my sound. You can see that Bubbling's more. I my can sound. see that like, with I like you. That. Yeah. But Tense is more my sound. Okay, and it's just fine. I like Tense a lot. Bubbling, I can see how it didn't fit into the. Did sound we say who we're talking about? Anderson Pock. Sorry okay. for those who didn't say. <laughs> People like, yo, who are they talking about? <laughs> uh, Anderson Pock, uh, his album Oxnard, which is where he's from, this ends his uh, beach-themed album series that he has, started with Venice and then Malibu and then Oxnard. Is it over? 
Isn't there, there's not going to be another one? He said this was the last okay. one. Okay. He said this was the last one. Good. Which, which is fine. Which and leads me to believe the next album in two years or whatever it is from now could have a very interesting title. Yeah, I wonder if he's going. He's, he got away from his beach theme. I wonder so. if he's going to go into a dark place. Yeah. Or I don't know. I'll go like all of Lost Joe Budden. I don't know. But I was th- I was thinking about this because I was recently out, out in L.A. in Southern California. I was thinking about what other beaches he could have done. I don't know. I hope not because I like, I like, he's one of the artists I like when they're happy. Yeah. I mean, certain artists like Joe Budden, you kind of wanted him to be mad and pissed off and emotional in his music because it just made his sound and his music so much better even though it's a hard listen because like yes. you got to be in a certain mood. Anderson Park needs to be happy. Yeah. And, you <laughs> know, so, so this album, um, I, I listened to it. Uh, I gave it, I've given it two listens to at the time and gone back through some other songs. What I will say, and I don't like doing this, I really don't like listening to an album and being like, oh, wasn't this of the last album? I hate doing that. I yeah, to, it's hard uh, not to, though, I, because Nas dealt with this for... He still deals with this. I would say he dealt with this for the duration of his career, where, oh, that's cool, but it's not Illmatic. That happens when yeah, you come out of the gate with a maybe the best album ever in his case, but in many cases, just your best album. A lot of times, you know, a lot of a lot of people's first album is their best album because of, you know their hunger, how bad they want to get out, and things like that. And sometimes, it's, sometimes for some artists, it's, it's not. Yeah. Um. I also, I think if you listen to Anderson Park, I will say, I don't. Uh, previous album Malibu, which is his second album, is I I do think still overall that's his best work, but that's his second album. I can see the improvement yeah. that he had off of Venice. I went back and listened to that, and I was like, that's cool. But I don't think Kendrick's first album is his best album. I mean, I. Are we talking about uh, commercial releases, or we're talking? I'm talking. About- I'm including Section 80. Oh yeah, if we, yeah. Well, yeah. And I love Section 80. Yeah, I, I don't. That's, that's one I of don't. my. That's one of my two or three favorite Kendrick projects. Yeah, I don't think it is. And, well, I don't think it's his best. Right, album. and and um, which also shows you it's very hard to come out and make an Illmatic or a Reasonable Doubt, or you know, um, I don't think Reasonable Disney- Doubt's not Jay's best album. I mean, I'm fine if people say that, but I think you. Well, probably- uh, no, no, no. Like, I don't think it is. Let me say yeah, that. Yeah, but if arguably, like- sure. I'll probably but, take the blueprint now yeah, over it, but it's yeah. right there. It's like you could flip it to me. I don't think Ready to Die is Biggie's best album. You know, you only had two. I think Life After Death. You is like a- Life After Death is better. <laughs> I don't think we've had this discussion. <laughs> yes, you think I- Life After Death is better yes, than Ready to Die? Not even close. Inter- I would. It's not even close. Damn, that's an upset. It's not even. close. I don't think I had Dexter <laughs> having uh not even close, Life man. After Death better than Ready not to Die. Not even close. It's not even close. Not it's even really, close. It really isn't. Anderson Park, uh, the album, I was talking about not comparing stuff, and you make a great point about people who have it's sometimes hard, stuff. Man. But I, I, I like this album. I liked it. There are songs that I really like on this album. There's some songs that I'm just like, mm, and I thought the subject matter for Anderson Park and some songs were a little bit uh, or childish. Yeah, agree. There were some misses for me. I didn't like how I thought he should have ended the album with the Q-Tip song. Have the track list up. I did not care. Agree with that. I did not care. I thought that was a perfect song to end the album. Yeah. I did not like the last two songs on the album with BJ Chicago Kid. Um, I didn't like the other song where he's speaking in Patois, Jamaican Patois, yeah. which I thought was, this is the second person artist this year to do this, and I have not liked it. Was that one, Lupe Drake? did it, oh. um, and I thought it was awful. And Anderson Park did it here, too, and I thought he absolutely missed the mark. Guys, everybody, just if if you're not around or immersed in that culture, just leave it alone. Please. <laughs> just leave it alone. I, I think people should do that for a lot of things. I think yeah, I was gonna say people should probably do that with a lot of things in New York City, especially food. Yeah. But leave it alone. I think but overall with that I think there's like there's fourteen tracks in this album. I like nine of the fourteen tracks. I would give it probably a seven out of ten. I would give it like a seven. Uh, On first I only first, listen to it. I listen to it two times. I listen to it I listen to it full once. 
Yes. But there are some songs that I went back and replayed a few times. Like I, we agree that the beginning of the album is very strong. Yes, middle is weak. Middle is and eh. the end sounds the it, last. It, it two gets songs a little a better, but you know, uh, I the song "BJ the Chicago Kid." I mean, I like "BJ the Chicago Kid" a good deal. But I don't. I do too, but I don't like that song. But yeah, um, when is he coming out with a project? By the way, I really liked his last album. In my mind, yeah, came it was out good. two years ago. Yep. I'm like, bro, this is Anderson Pac's first album in almost three years because Malibu was early 2016. 2016. Yep. I think that this is obviously not as good as Malibu, but I had Malibu as the album of the year. But I think Oxnard is still a good project. It but is. It's a good when project. When we have our year-end hip-hop wrap-up, even though I don't know if you classify him as hip-hop, but when we have our year-end sort of wrap-up, I don't think he's going to be in either of our top fives. No. I, I can say it right now. Now, there's songs this album I really like. Like, Tense is really good. Yeah. Six Summers is really good. I love The Chase. You said you love Head Low. I also, Headlow, very, I also yep. like Head Low. I liked, I liked this. I liked. Now, one thing I also want to give a strength to this album, real quick, the features are very good, especially the rap features we got on here. Cole. Uh, you got J. Cole. You got Pusha T with a really good verse talking about mm-hmm. My Brother's Keeper, which is a really good song. Very good song. And him talking about uh, his relationship with uh, Malice, uh, partner and duo from the Clips. Yeah. And how Malice turned down half a million dollars and how he still respects Malice, but. He can't get away from what people have somewhat criticized Pusha for, which is consistently doing this coke rap. But he's like, this is kind of what I know, and this is kind of what I've done. Mm-hmm. It was an interesting perspective from Pusha T. He's had a very good year. We can, we'll get to that at our end of the year um, wrap-up. What did you think of Six Summers? That, like was, that was a song that yeah, I saw I getting said, a lot of love no, on social media. I like it because it's a very politically charged song, and I love the beat switch. I think it's really good. It was good. weird. It was weird. I, I, like it a lot. I like it a lot, but I'm saying it was weird from... From Anderson Park doing that, yeah. You know but what it, I'm saying, in, like in this way, it's not overly political, and I like how he kind, I like the, what he kind of like talks about there. There's kind of a little bit of gun reform and gun control that he gets into there at the yeah. end. And I think that I just like it, it's a song that kind of the delivery of it comes on weird, but then you get into it, and you're like, oh, then when the beat switches, it's a really good head knocker. Cole, you mentioned. Really good feature. He's had a great year. We're, and we, He's this, probably lyricist of the year. We're, we're, we're going to talk about it. I think we're going to pick our rapper of the year at the, in our end of the year episode. And I will say right now, Cole is very much the front spot for me. And I have my reasons why, which I'll get into then. He uh, is probably my first or second. He's had, Maybe my ex- second. he's had an excellent year from his album to his features, which he's absolutely destroyed. The one on Jeezy's album. Yeah, which we forgot. That that's Even though that's late. I still listen to it. Yes. Um, his his verses recently have just been amazing. Was that late last year? Late last year, early this year. I can't I remember. It was earlier this year. Um, could be right. That song is really good. I love the song with Q Tip too. Another good song. Anderson Park is really good for having these songs where he has really good beat switches and they flip into two songs and he did a really good job. Um, oh, also feature Snoop. How about Snoop on a yeah. funky record where he's kind of got the old doggy style flow going and it's I like really I like good. yeah I like when he just kind of gets in his pocket and stays there. And he was really good at that. Like, kind of, you you heard with him, I know, a little bit on Institutionalized with Kendrick. Another song that has Anderson Pac on it, too, which yeah. many people don't realize he was, it was him on the hook. Um, but, yeah, it's... I like the album. I did like the features on the album. Um, I thought there was some production I was kind of like I didn't really care for. I thought stuff didn't work. I just thought Malibu was a little bit more fluid, but this is a good project. If you don't listen to Anderson Pac, I would say start Check it out. I think he's a guy. If you listen like listen to Malibu first, if you like a little or second, bit, if you like a little <laughs> bit of, he's kind of a hybrid of R and B and hip hop. If you like a little bit of funkiness in your music, uh, a lot of guitars, a lot of bass guitar, 
um, infused with some hip hop, you're gonna like this. I like this. I like his sound. I think Anderson Park is a very bright future creatively. So it was good to see him have another project. We'll we'll see where he goes from here. But I think it's a solid project. I'm kind of with you on. We're on a, we're the same place with a rating seven out of ten. Seven. It's a solid listen. But it, it's it's still early. I mean, I feel, but I don't feel like if I sit with it more that a lot's gonna change. I don't. I I I don't think so. And uh, and honestly. I don't think a lot ever changes too much when you sit with an album that long. I mean, maybe you'll go from an eight to eight and a half, or maybe even eight to a nine yeah, at I most. Agree. I don't think I don't think much changes. But with certain artists, you gotta kind of sit with it a little more. Fifty-two. Uh, a decent array of people for this. Oh, it's gonna get very interesting. I have a feeling where I know you and I, and I think most people may think we should go, but I'm not necessarily sure we're gonna go there. I don't think uh, we're gonna go reason. there. <laughs> go I'm glad you pointed that out. So episode fifty-two. Let's start. Dexter Coakley. Yes, because his name is Dexter. <laughs> no. I thought you were serious. No, not. Brad Miller. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Oh, shoot. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why are you giving a death stare on Brad I just, Miller? Because I just thought about Shaq. Former All Star, no? And him trying to fight Shaq. He was a, oh, yeah. Jamal Wilkes. Nope. Buck Williams. Enough respect for Buck Williams, legendary net player. Who we both interviewed, I'm pretty sure. I met him. I have not. I met him. I've with, never met or interviewed Buck Oh, Williams. I interviewed him, but it was for something involving Hill Harper, of all people. Interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Ray Lewis. Now, this is where I think everybody thinks we're going to go. And we're not going to go there because two knees for Jesus. <laughs> Well, DJ, I'm surprised you didn't have a soundboard clip for that. I was looking for it. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't find it. I couldn't find a good one. All I found was Jesus Amaro talking about him. And it's like, you know, we like Jesus Amaro, but I want the Ray Lewis clip. Yeah. Um, to make fun of him. But another time. Patrick Willis. One of my favorite linebackers in the last probably 10 years or so. Yeah. Injuries cut him short, uh, his career short. But um, so he. When, be- when we got to the 50s, I knew it was going to be a lot of linebackers. Yep. Another one of your favorite players, David yes. Harris. Yeah, one of my favorite Jets. Actually, yeah, we'll, we'll have to say that. Yeah. Clay um, Matthews. Another linebacker. Yes, very good. Don't, don't care for him. Yep. As, as far, well, not don't care for him, but over David Harris? No. no. Khalil Mack. Yo. Yo. Dude, this is the beast <laughs> right now. Like, I know we try to give this to a lot of players. It, sometimes current players, but Khalil Mack is so good, man. Shout out to those small school Mm-hmm. Guys who make it happen at the next level, because he went to the University of Buffalo, and they ain't coming out with linebackers like, like that, that dude. But he is a beast. Shout out to John Gruden for trading him away. CC Sabathia. Yo, one of my favorite pitchers all time, extreme gamer. I know he's on the Yankees right now. Some people are going to be like that. But I am a CC fan. I've always been a CC fan, and I root for CC to do well. My pick, and probably your pick, Yoanna Cespedes. Yes. Yes. And it is my pick. <laughs> yeah, and I was just saying for laugh. I'm not going to say this because we're just a Met fan. I've been a Cespedes fan from the time he defected from Cuba and came Agreed. here with the A's. Yeah. I love Cespedes. I love what Cespedes did for the Mets. I'm a little bit disappointed he hasn't been as healthy the last couple of years. But I love La Potencia. Yeah. Oh, man. I pre- I will always. He's one of those dudes where I will just always appreciate what he did in terms of he Put that lineup, yes. that morbid lineup, yes. before he got there, on his back yes. in 2015, and then went all the way to the yeah. World Series. I mean, he was fantastic. They were not supposed to make the playoffs that year. Yep. They were like a year away from getting to that point where, okay, maybe now they can contend because their pitching has come along. Guys are a year older. Matt Harvey's better. Noah Syndergaard, Matt Harvey. Remember that guy? And then Yoannis Cespedes 
you know, really accelerated that progress, and then they made the World Series that year. It's unfortunate that they haven't been able to get back, but they had, did have a great two-year run in 15 and 16 because in 16 they did get back to the playoffs. Um, and I don't think they're terribly far off now. It's just a matter of whether or not they want to spend money and they don't want to spend money, that, which keeps them terribly far away. That's a conversation we're going to try to have with some guests and coming up. And we both defend the resigning of your ancestors. Oh, absolutely. You had to do that. You had to. There's no way. Anybody says it's bad, they're out of mind. Uh, yo, La Potencia. Definitely to pick for this episode. There you go. Sorry for you Ray Lewis fans out there who want to tell me he's the greatest linebacker of all time. Uh, he also got away with murder, and that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> and I'm not talking about the show. Um, but, yeah, that's something. People like to gloss over that. That bothers me to some degree, that it gets glossed over. To some degree, it bothers me to get glossed over. And not that people can't change. I want to be very clear about what I'm saying right now. But the reason I probably feel strongly about that and it getting glossed over is it gets glossed over. And he's kind of had this thing about uh, – you know, sort of being a leader. And it's interesting how people like to bring up character with certain players, but then we'll ignore it for when it comes to players like Ray Lewis. And then Ray Lewis, of all people, had the nerve last year, I believe this was, to tell Colin Kaepernick how he thought that he should act. And I was like, be humble, sit down. Look, (laughs) there's, there's certain guys who align themselves with Fox Sports. That sort of thing kind of happens. That's that's very well said. If I think you, that if, says if, enough. We'll just leave it. We'll there. just leave it there. <laughs> yes, I I, I I think that's I think that says enough. But I think people, you know, that's great player. I'm they talking. haven't they haven't they haven't poisoned Shannon Sharp yet. No, I will say that much. We'll we'll, we'll say that. Uh, but that's it. All right. So uh, hopefully everybody had a great Thanksgiving. A uh, lot to be Thanksgiving of. Hopefully you ate a lot of food. Uh, you didn't get too consumed in the commercialism. You actually enjoyed some stuffing, unlike Brian. And you didn't play too much with something like a soundboard, which seems to be like the best thing Brian has got before Christmas. And now he's just a little bit too happy about it. And as we are trying to wrap up this episode, he's probably thinking about <laughs> what's the next sound clip that he can insert into this. No, I'm good. I'm not. I'm not doing it. You don't that. have like a, a Ray Lewis, thank you, Jesus, I'm thankful, something oh, like that? No, nah, You nah. have something to play like on that note? Nope. All right. Nope. Well, I would just like to remind the people. I'll just like to remind the people from uh, another episode. We're sitting here talking about the Yankees and Mets doing something, and if you listen to Mike Francesa, he always says... I don't. That <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't listen to Mike Francesa. <laughs> well, yeah, also how you disrespected Stan Lee the other day. Oh, right. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I re- just absolutely ridiculous. If you haven't seen that, go look that clip up. Yeah, and we'll leave it there. He's he's out of touch. We'll leave it All right, that's a wrap for episode 52. We hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving and a great holiday season coming up. Uh, we definitely enjoyed ours. We hope you did, and obviously take the time to be thankful for everybody that's out there that's important in your life, whether it's family or friends or anybody else. I'm definitely thankful for my, my calls. We are thankful for the Likewise. Goth- we are thankful for the Gotham Podcast Studio for uh, allowing us to do what we do. We're also thankful for you the people out there who listen and watch us. Uh, and, downloads. And everything, your downloads, your support, uh, Patreon, Public, whatever it is, the way you support us. Yeah. We appreciate all that. So thank you. Have a great Thanksgiving. Be thankful. Uh, and just spread a lot of love and food and everything else. And uh, we'll see you guys next episode. That's it for Ain't Hard to Tell Podcast, episode 52. Peace, y'all.